Well, the Adelaide City Council has added again, basically punted the NPL comments off their pitch. Well, because of offence, joining us is one of their board members, Daniel Rochella. Daniel, in your words, what's happened? Oh, what's the best way to put it? I suppose for something we've been working on tirelessly for about two years, with, I've got to add, um, great support from employees of the council, um, we've been preparing, if you like, as part of an overarching development to, to make our home more sustainable and longer term, you know, position us to, to be a real strong community club. Um, we, we've been moving forward with a grant, a state government grant, to upgrade our light, uh, upgrade the pitch surface, and the last piece of the puzzle so we can play our, our NPL and WNPL games at home was to have a a fence, which is a perimeter fence, it's 1,100 high and, and surrounds the pitch. Um, so we've been working pretty closely on that. We, we've, we've been working, as I said, collaboratively with the council, three key meetings, if you like, that are, that are part of the process here. And the first one was, the, was with the um, Catatilter and Adelaide Parklands Authority, who has members of council and uh, is essentially there as, as, if you like, the the um, mechanism by which the, you know you protect and, and check that things are happening in the right way and for the right reason for the the parkland that was um, November uh, that went really well unanimous yes with a couple of the elected members on that panel uh, the second meeting was a, a, a meeting last week with one of the committees to review uh, what the project was about again um, this was formed primarily of all elected members. Uh, with the majority there, and again, unanimous yes. Um, and the third piece of the puzzle was the council meeting, which was to review that recommendation and then vote for it. And unfortunately, that's where things seemed to go the other way, and uh, it was voted against by five to four. So why the backflip? If the, if the Adelaide Parklands Authority said yes all the way through, the council yep. earlier said less, what in God's name's happened? I can't speak, Rowie, for why. Um, very disappointing. Um, three of the people who voted against voted yes the week earlier. Oh, you probably God. have to ask them why. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense to us, of course. Um, we have constantly throughout met the conditions that were put forward by either the council or um, the Parklands Authority, who, who suggested, look, we'd like to see some changes, which we, mm. you know, we comfortably took on board and said absolutely. Um, and, and look, I've just got to add too. There's, there's been a bit of conjecture about what this fence is that it potentially is going to, you know, make people feel like they can't go into the area. The fence um, is there primarily for games, and um, we'll have double gates which we, as a requirement, will make sure are open when the games are not on. So it's not a, a permanent yeah. 1,800 high fence or anything like that. So, look, honestly, Rowie, going back to your first question, I, I, I'm not sure why the backflip. Again, you'd have to ask those individuals. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, is the gate open or the door open to more discussions to try and get this to happen, Daniel? All the time, we, we, we've been nothing but collaborative all the way through, uh, Tim. You know, we've, we've tried to do the right thing, and we think we have, you know, on all occasions. And, uh, you know, we're at a position where we're a little bit at a loss as to why you would backflip from, from the previous meeting.
Um, so, yeah, look, of course it is. It's always open. And, and, and we'll, we'll endeavour to reach out to some of the elected members. We'd like them to come and see what happens there on a training night with our juniors. You know, we have, we have 600 registered players, 400 boys, 400, uh, 200 girls. And, you know, we're a community club. We work with the likes of um, the Blind Football Association, the Power Chair Football, One yeah, Culture. Yeah. These are all community groups, and we, we do everything to work with these guys. You know, it's, it's a part of our mantra and who we are as a club. We're a community club. We're just trying to bring our senior teams home, which yeah. is where we'd like to play. When's round one? Uh, not this weekend, the following weekend. So, so it's too late, for, too late for round one, aren't you? Yeah, look, we've, we've had to sign up um, to play our home games, if you like, at the Service FM Stadium at um, okay. Cross. So. You know, unfortunately, we used to play a little bit at um, uh, the, the SA Athletic Stadium, but unfortunately, the, the perimeter and, the, and the, the size of the pitch is a bit of a problem. So that, that causes us issue, and, and long-term, we really can't stay there. So, um, you know, the idea was to try and have the right size pitch at home. So, yes. Mate, it's been a very successful club. I'm sure this is just one more hurdle that you'll be able to jump. Uh, Daniel, thanks very much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Okay, now moving to the Adelaide City Council, we've got a councillor on the line, Arman Abrahimzadeh. G'day, Arman, how are you? Good afternoon, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. Now, listening to that, mate, it seems like they engaged all the right stakeholders and all the right protocols. Mm. Can you see a way through now? Uh, well, um, to be honest with you, I, I, I supported this uh, particular proposal and um, I'm a little bit frustrated and I share Daniel's uh, frustration in terms of uh, the amount of work that. Uh, the Adelaide Comets have done on this, the amount of work that uh, the council staff have done on this. Yes. Um, it's been about uh, two years in the making, and it's essentially come to a head. And, and Daniel um, uh, actually articulated this uh, really well in terms of the number of uh, um, barriers that they needed to jump over. First, there was the Adelaide Parklands Authority. They gave them the thumbs up. It came to our council committee last week. There were no major concerns. There were a couple of questions, uh, no major concerns raised. Um, uh, my recollection is that the uh, council committee unanimously uh, uh, endorsed it to essentially, for it to essentially come to council. And Tuesday night, all of a sudden, there was a backflip. And um, uh, I guess I, I have a feeling that, uh, you know, it, it may have come down to uh, one or two elected members or, a, uh, or an external organisation who didn't like this proposal. And they essentially lobbied enough council members uh, to reject this proposal. Mm. Um, so to, to answer your question, I'm, I'm supportive of this. Mm. I share their frustration. Uh, and I'm hoping uh, that um, uh, by having some conversations with council colleagues and other stakeholders, uh, we're able to um, uh, push through and, uh, and possibly reverse that decision. Um, and I'm embarrassed for the council. I don't know. I'm mm. disappointed. I don't know whether you are as well. So let's just mm. backpedal on what you said there. So I could go to a councillor, I can canvas them, skin them, give them a brown paper bag and get them to vote my way, can I? <laughs> Maybe not in that way, but I guess what's, uh, what's probably happened is, that, and, and, and you know what, I'll, I'll be honest with you, This is these are my assumptions. These are my assumptions, and... Uh, I, I um, uh, clearly said this on Tuesday night uh, during the debate. I said, I don't want to speculate, but it just looks to me, because I've been on council for five years, I've seen these sorts of things happen. I've seen council backflip uh, uh, in the past. And that's, ex that's essentially what's happened in the past, is that all it takes is one or a handful of elected members or an outside 
organization or a stakeholder or someone of some uh, influence to come through uh, and essentially speak to enough elected members uh, and plant a seed. Um, and, and essentially that, those sorts of conversations have now led mm-hmm. to the rejection of a proposal uh, uh, which has been in the making for almost two years. Okay. So what were the grip points? Well, it, it sounds political to me, Aman. It was. It was political. And this is the thing is that this, um, uh, what, what was proposed by the Adelaide Commerce is, uh, uh, would have delivered a, a great community outcome in my point of view because it's, uh, it's something that actually um, uh, um, improves the, the facility. It's something that encourages uh, people to come to the parklands. Now, you imagine if, uh, um, uh, it, you know, to, to answer your question, to answer your question, there were essentially two points put up. One was that a fence will discourage people from attending uh, the park or going to the park, which I, I reject, uh, because if that fence is put up, we will see more kids and more families go to those soccer games and it will bring uh, more people into the city which is uh, an objective of the council, to try and encourage more visitors into the city because mm-hmm. those visitors will then go to the businesses, they'll go to our traders, and they'll support those, support those local businesses. Okay. So that, that, that's one, um, uh, one issue that they raised. Um, and I guess the other issue was that uh, that particular, uh, well, the uh, installation of a fence will put up a precedent because there are a number of other um, um, uh, parks that have been leased to sporting organisations. And so uh, the concern was that if these guys here put up a fence, then others are going to do the same thing. Now, um, all we have to do is look to the north of uh, that park. We've got Karen Rolton Oval. Uh, you've got um, uh, 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 areas around Adelaide High School uh, which have uh, uh, fences uh, uh, put up. Um, let's go a little bit... Uh, let's go a little bit... Um, uh, 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 north of that and look at North Adelaide and the horses, the actual horses that are kept on a park. Mm. Now, if we're talking about discouraging people from going to a park, if we're talking about uh, the isolation of a park, why are we keeping those horses in North Adelaide? Yeah, it's a 5-4 vote. I, I don't get how it all works, Amartin. You might be able to share it with our listeners, but I'd, I'm interested to know what your mayor's stance was on it. Could have she had a casting vote? Um, and, and, and could have you got it over the line last night? Um, well, I, I, uh, I, I guess, um, uh, it, it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a split vote, so we couldn't get a casting vote on it. But, um, uh, um, you know, I, I, I can go into the debate and I can go into the detail, but essentially what happened was, um, uh, uh, you know, from, from my point of view and, and the way I looked at it, we have uh, the Adelaide Parklands, um, authority, that looks at all uh, matters uh, related to the parkland. And they supported um, it? They supported it. And the funny thing is, when you look at the membership of uh, uh, the Adelaide Parklands Authority, we essentially have, um, we essentially have the, uh, uh, there are two, oh, actually, I, I'm just trying to remember uh, the, the exact membership, but I do remember uh, the Lord Mayor and the Deputy Lord Mayor being on the, um, on the Parklands Authority. And the funny thing is, the Deputy Lord Mayor didn't raise any concerns there at the Parklands Authority meeting. There were no, uh, um, uh, no major concerns, no, no questions about, uh, this particular fence setting a precedent. Uh, there were no, again, no major concerns, no questions raised at the council committee meeting that took place last week. But then all of a sudden on Tuesday night, there were major concerns 
and serious, uh, serious questions asked about whether if this 1.1 metre high fence was going to set a precedent. Mm. Which, uh, again, I share, your, I, I share the club's frustration. Yeah. I share your sentiments about this being embarrassing. And uh, uh, unfortunately, what we have now is a council that flip-flops. You know, one minute we make one decision and the next minute we backflip on it. So mm. now I'll have to uh, work with stakeholders. I have to work with uh, my council colleagues to try and find the solution forward because uh, I, I certainly don't want to be a part of a council that is a, that is a naysayer council that stops people from coming into the city and, uh, and enjoying the parkland, which, mind you, the parkland that the ratepayers pay for anywhere from 25 to $30 million a year in maintenance fees. Wow. Gee, we're in good hands yeah, now. I, I was ready to launch the ACC, nice. but well, mm. we've got a, people like Amman on there yeah. representing because they've been made to look stupid. I was going to say it's another confidence or a, a vote of no confidence to the ACC. Amman, well done. Yeah. Thank you. Well spoken, mate. And uh, look, we're going to let you go because it sounds like you've got a young child there needs a strepsil. So <laughs> good luck there, mate. Be one as well. Look after the youngins. Good on you, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, now, that gives me a level of confidence. Absolutely. That was uh, that was really well put. And it's now, unfortunately... To I was ready to launch. It's almost going back to have to revisit the whole oh, thing to try God. and get that vote to go 5-4 your way now, you know, rather than 5-4 the other way. But I, what a time waste uh, so remember, it was set of precedents. Well, great Bernie Lewis. Precedence. You remember my story when uh, yeah. the great Bernie Lewis I used to talk to him. And he he said to me, "Do you want to waste three years of your life, Jennifer?" I said, "Doesn't sound like a good idea." He said, "Get on a council." Yeah. <laughs> so I never have. What an there impressive man! He well was done. A-